close your eyes right now. When we sing, in my Father's house. Can you say that out loud? In my Father's house. There's a place for me. Say it. There's a place. There's a place for each and every one of us. In our Father's house. Sometimes we can look around in our circumstances, we can look around in our community and we'd be like, oh my goodness, what is happening? Sometimes we can feel alone. Like, where do I belong? What direction am I supposed to go in, Lord? I have no idea what's going to happen next. Finances, I'm, I'm unsure. My health, I don't know, Lord. But he says, you're my child and I got you. And I am for you. And I love you. You're my child. Every time we sing that part in my father's house, I close my eyes because I can't even imagine what our father's house looks like. <laughs> right? There's colors we haven't even seen. No more pain. No more tears. None of that. And he's set a place for us. So, Father, we come with grateful hearts, thankful hearts. Lord, you call us your own. You call us by name. Your son, your daughter, you want us with you for eternity. In your house, you welcome us. And so that's why we worship you, Lord. We worship you. We don't have the perfect circumstances all the time. But the world is not supposed to be perfect because you're not in it. This is not heaven. Heaven is with you for eternity. There's perfection. We worship you because you want us to have that for eternity. So we thank you, Lord. We praise you and we worship you, Lord. We give our hearts to you. We give our lives to you. And we trust in you, Lord. And as we worship you and we, we're coming with thankful hearts, Lord, we even want to take this time to pray over our, our finances, Lord. How you provide for us and continue to provide, even when it seems like, oh no, what's going to happen next? You're there. So we ask for blessings. We ask you to receive our tithes and our offerings or whatever we give to you. You're going to take it and just multiply it for your children that are still out there that need you, Lord, that have yet to know you. Use whatever we give unto you as our worship to bless others, God, your lost children. And may we partner with you in that. In Jesus' name we pray and we all say together, amen. Amen. We have such a good God. We have such a generous God. And we're so thankful for him. And we're thankful for you. So please, before you have a seat, go ahead and greet one another online, greet each other, say where you're watching from, say you're a child of God, Jesus loves you, we're going to have a fantastic night tonight. for our worship team.
Thank you, Pastor Cat and the worship team. You guys are amazing. Well, good evening, everybody. Welcome to New Hope Church. We're so glad you are joining us. I'm Pastor Ben, and unfortunately tonight I'm not making smash burgers. Just, just letting you guys know right away. But uh, uh, hopefully everybody's doing good. You know, we're, we're, it's, we're almost done with January. Can you believe that? We're almost done with January 2023. And uh, tonight, the Lord put on me, put, gave me the... the message to talk about running the race. And when I, when I heard that, I was like, Lord, running the race, I don't look like I run. <laughs> How you let me talk about run the race when I don't look like I run? But, but there's a different race. But what's so amazing is that uh, last month in December, I have five kids. Somebody thought I had six. I was like, no, I have five. It's more than enough. Uh, but I have five kids, and our three oldest, Caitlin, Brianne, and Adrian, uh, last month, Waikia High School was having their uh, Keiki Health Fun Run. And uh, we did it before the, before the pandemic. I think we did it with our oldest daughter, Caitlin. And then they brought it back last year. And I'm not going to lie to you. I was like, kids, you like run. <laughs> on, on Saturday, at what time? I got to wake up 7 o'clock. Okay, have fun. <laughs> But no, they were like, no, Dad, we want to go. We want to go to this. So I'm gonna, I want to show a picture of them. They're actually, that's them, at the Cakey uh, Fun Run, and and I was blown away because again, my daughters are like, are uh, Caitlin's going to be ten this later on this week, and then Brianna is eight, Adrian is five. Sorry, to look at my wife Katie to be like, she's six yet? No, she's five. She's going to be six next month. And so, and they're like, they, they were filled with excitement. They're like, Dad, we're going to go run. And I was like, good thing it's you guys, not me. Because I can just stand here and watch. But, but my kids, they love running. They love running. And I'm like, you don't get that from Daddy. You get that from Mommy, if anything. But when I was thinking about it, I realized that we all run a race. All of us here, all of you online, each and every one of us, we all run a race. In fact, Hebrews 12, 1 and 2, it says it like this. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. You see that? You have a race marked out for you doesn't matter who you are or where you've been or what you've done. We all have a race, each and every one of us. And then he continues in saying, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. See, here's the thing. As we walk with Jesus... He invites us to run this race that we call life. But I've often heard it said like this. Life is not a sprint. It's a marathon. So the question really is, how do we run this race that we call life and win? Because I don't know about you, but if I'm going to run, I better win. I'm not running for lose. I'm running to win. Don't you agree? 
Wouldn't you agree? You're not going to run to lose. You're going to run to win. So how do we run the race and win? Well, if you're taking notes, the first thing that you can write down is this. It has to start with conditioning. It has to start with conditioning. I remember my freshman year, I went to, uh, I went to Waikia High School. And so uh, I remember my freshman year, all year, I heard many people, my friends, I had my uncles, my aunties, my cousins, I had teachers, I had other people. When they would look at me, and because I was a big brother, they would ask me one simple question. Oh, you play football. <laughs> Automatic. They would look at me and go, oh, you play football. And here's the God honest truth, okay? I didn't know anything about football, really. I mean, I know you got tackled. That was the best part about it. You get tackled. You can tackle somebody. Although if you're the guy getting tackled, not so fun. I know there's a quarterback, but I didn't know a lot of the fundamentals of football that I do, not, that I do know now. So when people were telling me, like, oh, right, you big, right, you be good on the offensive line, yeah, you be good at And so I was like, okay. So at the end of my freshman year, they had the meeting for next, the next school year and to, be, to try out for the next year football team. So I remember going to the meeting and all my friends were like, oh, Ben, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing here because I don't know. And so I remember uh, sitting uh, sitting in the meeting and the coaches are all talking and all of a sudden the coaches are like, okay, well, you know, we know summer's coming up and so uh, we're going to do a thing called conditioning and all this and that. And I'm like, um, what is conditioning? Because I don't know, like, I'm brand new to this. Like, I know I'm big and I know I can hit somebody, but what is conditioning? And so my friend's like, conditioning is what we're going to do during summer. We're going we're gonna to work out, we're going to practice, we're going to lift weights, we're going to run, we're going to do all this stuff. And I'm like, during summer, bro, I get chicks I like check out. You know what I mean? I get stuff I like do during summer. I'm like, I'm not, you know, and so the coach tried to say, okay, and then on this date, we're going to have our football tryout. So first day of football tryout, so make sure you come. So okay, I'm good. So I'm like, tell my friends, I'm not going to go conditioning. Like, I'm just going to go. I'm going to enjoy my summer. I ended up working, which is great, although I worked for free because I volunteered. So yeah, that's what I did that summer. And and so when it came to the next school year, and, the, and it was the first day of tryouts. So I remember going, my friends going, hey, Ben, today's the first day. Today's the first day of tryouts. You, you can come, or you can come right now. Yeah, I'll be there, I'll be there, I'll be there. Now, let me explain something to you. When I was in high school, my freshman and sophomore years, I don't know what I was thinking because I don't know why I was wearing the kind of clothes I was wearing. I would go to school in cargo corduroy shorts and one dress shirt, like one ugly button down dress shirt like was gaudy okay because you know i was looking up to the rock you know the rock was big in the wwf and so i was trying to you know, look like him and so that's what i first did tryouts guess what i went dressed in those corduroy cargo shorts with big pockets and thank the lord i had one t-shirt underneath my dress shirt so i get there to tryouts i see all my friends and instantly, I knew something was wrong. You know why? Because I was the only brother wearing cargo shorts, corduroy. Everybody was wearing gym shorts and one regular t-shirt. The second, that's, oh, that's two mistakes. The third mistake I made was everybody was wearing running shoes. I was wearing bright white K-Swiss shoes. 
Now, if you know anything about K-Swiss, they're not really good at running in. So I remember going to tryouts, and the coach sees me, and I stick out. I stick out, okay? And he looks at me like, hey, well, you never, well, you never get the memo. Oh, what, what memo, coach? What, what's the memo? He's like, well, you never get the memo. First day of tryout, you got to wear gym shorts, running shoes, and a T-shirt. Why are, you wearing, why are you wearing white corduroy shorts with those big pockets? Why, are you hiding Big Macs in there? <laughs> I should have, though. I should have. So the whole training, the whole tryout, coaches, the coaches are calling, hey, Big Mac, hurry up, Big Mac, hurry up, come on. Come on, Big Mac. And so I stay running. So, and again, I've never tried out for any sport until that day. And so, you know, we go to one drill, okay, 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 okay. All my friends laughing at me because I got, you know, I got ragged on by the coaches. I said, like, okay, 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 next one. Okay, you got to run to the next drill. I got to run to the next drill. So I start jogging. Hey, Big Mac, run, let's go, let's go. So finally, I'm dying. Because the fourth mistake I made was I never eat nothing. I never drink nothing that whole day. So it comes to water, like I'm begging the Lord, Lord, let there be a water break. Let there be a water break. Finally, the coach says, hey, water break, two minutes. I run. I run. I run like my life was dependent on it. I didn't grab that Gatorade bottle and squeeze the life out of that Gatorade bottle. I didn't inhale. I didn't even, I didn't even drink them. I just <gasps> into my stomach. And then I thought, okay, oh, coach is going to take it easy. Nope. One more hour of drills and all that. By the time tryout was over, the first day of tryout, I had to walk from the, the football field to the front because that's where my mom was waiting to pick me up. And I'm going to be honest with you. During that 40-year walk, <laughs> I never really know the Lord, but I had a conversation with him like, Lord, just let me go now. Just take me now, Lord. Just take me now. Like, I remember, I think I almost in faint by the lockers. My friend had to hold me up. Like, man, you okay? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah I'm okay. Just, oh, man. Was, and my friend's like, dude, like, this is easy. This is duck soup. We do it. Oh, oh. Because you never come conditioning during the summer. So yeah, that was the first day of tryout. That was also my last day of tryout. <laughs> and I'm going to be completely honest. The thing I remember the most of that entire day was when I got into my mom's car. And she had one big fruit punch waiting for me and one burger. <laughs> and I was like, Lord, you hear the heart. You heard my heart. You heard my prayer. <laughs> You brought my mom with food. But you see, here's the thing. We want to run a race. It takes conditioning. Like, you cannot just get up, oh, I'm going to run, I'm going to run. Like, if I try to do that right now, you're going to see me eat it because my body hasn't been used to running since 1982. Before I was even born. How's that? But here's the thing. When it comes to running this race in our lives, if we really want to win the race that Jesus has called us to run, we cannot continue in our old sinful life. That's like me going, I'm gonna run one, I'm gonna run this 100 meter run, and I'm gonna still go, I still gonna pound cheeseburgers, sodas, cookies, ice cream. If I do that, you guarantee I'm gonna win the race, but not at the finish line. I'm gonna win the race that goes to the hospital. That's what's gonna happen. Why? Because there's no change that takes place. See, if I want to be victorious in the spiritual race ahead of me, 
it's going to take more than just coming to church, owning a Bible, or having the Bible app on my smartphone. That's like attending a track meet with the most expensive shoes. But unless there's transformation, I will always be ill-equipped to run the race. See, I want us to understand something. Jesus loves each and every one of us, no matter who we are, no matter what we've done, no matter where we've been. He loves us. But he loves us so much that he's not content with keeping us where we're at. He's not complacent with us simply looking like Christians. Because he knows that in order to win the race of life, we're going to need to step up to that starting block and actually run after him. And in order to do that, we will need to condition ourselves and prepare for the race ahead. So how do we condition ourselves for the race? Well, Hebrews 12.1 says, Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. You want to start to condition yourself? You got to let go of the junk. You got to start letting go of the past. You got to start letting go of the sin and the shame. You got to start letting go of the situations. You got to get rid of your, our old ways of thinking and even doing things. In other words, if we want to condition ourselves, we have to break the old habits so that we can develop new ones. It's not enough where we just break our bad habits. No, because if you break your bad habits and don't fill it, more than likely, you'll return to it. So we've got to break our habits, but we also have to be willing to develop new ones. That's why Psalms 51 says it like this, Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. That's how we condition ourselves. You see, John 10, Jesus said, The enemy has come to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come to it so that you may have life and have it to the fullest. Jesus came to give us a life and life to the fullest. And when we receive Jesus into our hearts as Lord and Savior, he calls us away from the race that leads to death. Please understand something really simple. When you accept Jesus into your heart as Lord and Savior, he's telling you stop running that race that you were already running. Why? Because that race leads to death. You cannot have, we cannot have Jesus in our hearts and still run that race because we're going to continue to run towards death when Jesus is saying, I came so that you will have life. So we got to stop running that race and start turning, turn to him and run that race, that race that leads to life. But here's the best part about it. Jesus doesn't only just call us to run the race. He actually gives us resources and tools that we need to condition ourselves for the race. He's given us his word. His word is the truth to help, teach, rebuke, correct, and train us in his righteousness. That's why we, you always will hear people say, hey, did you do your devotions? It's not, did you read the Bible? Anybody can read the Bible. Anybody can know scripture. Satan knows scripture. But it's not until you know and apply it that it becomes far powerful. 
See, he's given us prayer to remain in relationship with him, seeking him in all that we are and that we, all that we do. You may be going, I have no idea how to pray. Well, then go back to what Jesus did. And when he said, pray like this, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. If you don't know any other prayer, go back to that. It's in the Bible. And what's amazing is that you can say it, but if you mean it every single time with all you are, it's going to do something in you. It's going to build a relationship because the first words are our Father. You're establishing a relationship with him. The next thing he does is he's given us the church, not the building, but the people in it. Why? To encourage and build each other up in community. That's why he gave us the church. See, the church is where our conditioning takes place. It's here that we're going to be equipped and discipled. That's why we call Wednesday nights our equipping disciple services. It's here that we're going to be rooted, but also start to grow. It's here that we're going to find hope and then learn how to share it. See, you and I are being called to run the race, and this is where our conditioning takes place. Because the race doesn't take place here, but it takes place out there. It takes place in our, in our homes, in our workplaces, in our schools, when we go shopping, when we go driving around, and you're driving on Pontevedra Stretch, and that person cuts you off. There's conditioning in your heart that takes place because the path that leads to death is going, I like to tell you so much things. <laughs> but instead, I'm going to say, Jesus loves you. This is where conditioning takes place. But the race is out there. Now, I get it. Nobody likes conditioning. <laughs> I sure don't. <laughs> but you know what we do like? We, like? we like it when there's examples of conditioning. See, I don't know about you, but I love movies. I love movies. I, love, I, grew up, I was born in the 80s, so I, I love a lot of movies from that time period. One of my favorites is Karate Kid. I don't know about you, but I remember when I was being a kid and I watched it and I had the same attitude that Daniel had was like, oh, how come Mr. Miyagi telling him for watch his car? But then you saw, right? Oh, he was teaching karate. See, I don't know. When it, comes to, when it comes to running the race, you and I, we have to have our own training montages. There's many movies, right, that there's training montages. But in fact, I know for a fact, there's one movie that you don't even have to watch it. All you have to do is hear it. And you start to get inspired. So let's listen for that to play right now. Come on, Joe. Joe, I know you I know you like. Right? Oh. See, you hear this music, and you're like, I can run. I can run the race. What? I can run. I can, I can, I can jog. I can run. Yeah. Right? Right? Yeah, you can, you can, you can pause it. We'll play it later. But, but here's, here's what I want to encourage you in. <laughs> Whew. My heart, see. 
Apple Watch is going to tell me you're going to die right now. Hold on. <laughs> oh. But here's the thing. I, whenever it comes to our conditioning for this race that God has called us to run, play that song in your head. Because guarantee you play that song in your head. You'll be like, I'm going to run this race. I'm going to condition myself. The enemy might say, I will, I will break you. You can say, you cannot break. You cannot break me because I'm already victorious in this race. Right? In fact, I love it what it says in 1 Corinthians 9, 26, 27. And it's in the message translation. It's kind of, I love it because it's real. It says, I don't know about you, but I'm running hard for the finish line. I'm giving it everything I've got. No lazy living for me. I'm staying alert and in top of condition. I'm not going to get caught napping, telling everyone else about it, all about it, and then missing out myself. You don't want to miss out on the race that God has for you. So it starts with conditioning. The second thing is this. You got to develop a healthy rhythm. I'm going to be very honest with you. Everything that the Lord is sharing tonight, whoo, he's hitting me left and right. Because when I look at this, develop a healthy rhythm. I know for a lot of times that there's been, I look at back in my life go, man, Lord, there's a lot of unhealthiness. A couple years ago, uh, we were at a gym, and they were, having a, they were having a promotion. They were trying to see who could lose the most weight in a year. And if you won, you, you would get a cash prize. And so I signed up. And part of it was you had to sign up with the gym, go to the gym. Uh, that was how they, they kind of got you in, where you had to be part of the gym, so you would work out there and all that. And so I remember... Um, I was like, okay, yeah, I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to lose. I'm going to go, I'm going to, go to the gym. I'm going, I'm going to try. I'm going to work out and all that, all this stuff, right? Everything that you tell yourself in January, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm all for it, Lord. Yeah. And so, and so I went. And so uh, the thing was, you had, they gave you a personal trainer. And so I'd go in and the personal trainers, they, they, they would ask us questions. And, they, and so they develop a, a fitness plan for you. So I remember the first day I got there, I met my, fit, my physical trainer. And they told me, okay, so here's your fitness plan. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to jump onto the, the treadmill. You're going to jump onto the treadmill and, and just for like 10 minutes, just walk. Just walk. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, you have no idea. I can walk really well. Okay? Because I can walk. So yeah, just 10 minutes, 15 minutes, just, just walk. So I get there. I'm, I'm on the treadmill. I'm like, okay, I'm just walking, just listening to my music. I'm like, huh. Oh, this is easy. Okay. Now, I don't know if I told you this, but I'm very competitive. Because what happened was, in just a few moments, somebody came next to the treadmill next to me. And they were part of the, the uh, lose weight challenge too. And so, they, so I look at them, hey, how's it going? And I see them, they start pressing the button on the treadmill. So they go from this. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I thought you, I thought you were just warming up. Okay, so, so they start, and all of a sudden I look, and brother man is like the flash. Like he, he got somewhere he got a goal. You know? I could feel the breeze coming hit me as he's running. So I'm like, oh, oh, oh. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. So I start turning up my speed. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, okay, okay. Okay. All of a sudden, here, hey, what you doing? Whoa, 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 whoa. The fitness trainer comes. Uh, sir, what are you doing? 
Oh, <sighs> by this time, the guy's done. He, he walked off. I'm like, oh. I just saw the guy, he was, he was running kind of fast, so. So hold on. Okay. I, I, no, I, no, I was taking it slow, but then I saw the guy going fast, so I wanted to go a little bit faster. And the physical trainer goes, Sir, that's not on your fitness plan. You have five more minutes of walking. And I'm like, Well, I didn't run for like a good three minutes. Is that, does that even it out then? I mean, am I good? And so, and so she, but she explained it to me. She said, um, she said this, she said, you're not, your health is different from that guy. Because um, I hate to tell you like this, you're a little bit bigger <laughs> than that guy. And so I realized what she was saying. She was saying, you, 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 you trying to run the same rate, the, the same speed that this guy is running, but he's in a whole different health scene He's in a different shape than you are. <laughs> he has edges. You have... <laughs> but, but, but all joking aside, I was trying to be... I was, trying to, I was thinking, no, I'm being healthy, but it was actually unhealthy for me. That rhythm was unhealthy. Because, uh, yeah... <laughs> I, that after, that, after that three minutes of trying to run as fast as I could, I, I think I, I gave everything I had. But here's why it's so important to develop a healthy rhythm. It's because this world knows absolutely nothing about having a healthy rhythm. Don't believe me? Look at it. I mean, look what's taking place in our world today. See, oftentimes we'll find ourselves caught up in the chaos and busyness of the world that will actually lead us to having unhealthy rhythms in our lives. That's why we see people turning to alcohol and drugs. That's why we see marriages falling apart. That's why we see broken homes and even worse, broken people. You see, our God is a God of rhythm. Take a look at Genesis. The DNA of creation is found in the rhythm of God. He orchestrated all of creation according to his rhythm and his harmony. And as his creation, we are also called to develop a healthy rhythm in our lives. See, Ecclesiastes says it like this in in 3 verse 1. It says, there is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. See, one of the reasons why many people develop unhealthy rhythms is because of being overwhelmed or feeling pressured by the societal norms of our world. We want to be the best. We want to do the best. We want to have the best. We want to give the best. But we end up creating unstable and unhealthy habits in us. But the best part of, but the best thing is that there's hope. Because Jesus helps us develop a healthy rhythm to run this race. In fact, he models it for us. I mean, Jesus faced societal norms. Remember when Jesus was walking, he was constantly being judged 
and pressured and questioned and asked. But rather than being overwhelmed and pressured, he instead established his own boundaries. He didn't, have to, he didn't give in to the, to the norms of society. No, he set up boundaries to say, hey, listen, this is how far I'm going to go. And that's it. There's moments that he did miracles and wonders, and yet he still found time to rest. Remember the story of the disciples in the boat with the storm? Where was Jesus? Sleeping. If that doesn't tell you that Jesus has a healthy rhythm, he was sleeping as the disciples were freaking out. You know, Jesus would be among the crowds. I mean, he went where there was over 5,000 people. You know, when we read the Jesus fed the 5,000, Jesus fed the 4,000, the Bible only records the men. They don't record the women and the children that were there. So when you say 5,000, that's 5,000 plus, 4,000 plus. He was in the crowds, and yet he would often withdraw himself from them to be intimate and spend time with the Father alone. See, Jesus models what it means to develop a healthy rhythm in running the race by highlighting the importance of our reality, rest and restoration, and relationships. And if I'm going to be honest, this is one that I, looking back, I realized, man, there was a long time where I didn't have healthy rhythm. In fact, like I said earlier, this week we're celebrating our oldest daughter's birthday. She's turning 10. And many people say, oh, 10 years old? She, Caitlin's 10 years old. I mean, I remember she was a baby man. And, and you know what they say, right? Man, time flies by so fast. Where does the 10 years go? And if I can be honest with you, I don't know. See, what happened was, like I just said, we want to do the best, we want to be the best, we want to have the best. And a lot of times when we have that in us, we create unhealthy rhythms. I told somebody recently, uh, prior to being the worship pastor, I was the youth pastor. And man, I made a lot of mistakes when I was a youth pastor. One of the biggest one was when I became the youth pastor, I told myself, myself, I told myself, I wanted to be the best youth pastor ever. And I wanted to lead the best youth ministry on this island. And it sounds great. The only difference is I wasn't doing it for the Lord. I was doing it for me. And so what did that mean? There were many times where I would, I would, Katie would call me and it'd be 11 o'clock and I'm still here. Where are you? How come you're not home already? I still have to break down, clean up and all this. There'd be so many times where I, I didn't even see the kids. I didn't even see Caitlin or Brianne or Adrian growing up. There's so many times where Katie and I, we'd be at home and we had fights and scraps. And I'd be telling her, what, you let me, what, you let me quit? You let me quit? Let me quit. I'll quit. I'll quit. There's even a moment where I said, you know, if you're not happy, leave. See, there's a lot of times where we don't even realize it. But we're not, have, we're not, our rhythms are not good at all. 
And the longer it continues, the more damage it does. I mean, even during COVID, even during the pandemic, I remember, uh, and I said this before, you know, trying to, trying to make church happen, trying to make, everything, make sure everything was going good as best as it could, only, only to hear my daughter Brianne say, Daddy, how come when you're at church you're happy, but when you're home you're not? I mean, that hit me hard. And that was a wake-up call saying, there's a lot of unhealthiness here. Because here's the thing, whatever you say, you can say yes to a lot of things. What that also means is that you're saying no to just as many. And if you don't learn how to have a healthy rhythm, you will say yes to things that don't matter and say no to things that do. And so as I look at my daughter, Caitlin, who's going to turn 10, I can't rewind the tape. I can't go back and tell younger Ben, hey, develop healthy rhythms so that you can experience a lot of time with your daughters and your son. But what I can do is tell myself now that I better develop these healthy rhythms because in 10 years, Caitlin's going to be 20. My influence over her life is not going to be as great as it is now. So it is with us, my kids. So it is in my marriage with Katie. If I don't develop healthy rhythms now, who will? See, there's a lot of times where we can get stuck in the unhealthiness, and a lot of times that's why we'll feel burnt out. We'll, burn, we'll feel burnt out in our relationships. We'll feel, we'll feel worn out in our, uh, with our marriages and our kids and our work and all this stuff. And maybe you're there right now. Maybe you're feeling, man, I, I, I do feel burnt out. I do feel like I've been burning the candle at both ends. But there's hope. His name is Jesus. And he says it like this in Matthew 11, 28 to 30. Are you tired? Worn out? Burned out on religion? Now take that word religion and add whatever else you want to put in that. Come to me, he says. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real test, a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. In other words, Jesus is saying, listen, come dance with me. Come dance with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. I remember in high school, the most dreaded day I ever had, the, the dreaded day we all hated was P.E. when they told you you got to run one mile. And so I remember, uh, you know, the P.E. teacher would tell us, okay, well, here, we're going to run the mile, and for those of you who come in mail, I'll give you guys credit because I know you guys do way more than one mile. Okay, one of our students said that, told us what do you guys do, and I'm like, oh, that's why I went to YKL. <laughs> but I remember, I remember this one year, uh, it came to that day where we had to do the mile test run, right? And so your PE teacher saying, okay, well, for the guys, you got to hit this time. You kind of be, you, you, this is the ideal time you want to hit. For the ladies, this is the time you want to hit. And so you go. And I'm thinking to myself, Oh, I'm going to probably be the slowest one here because I'm the biggest guy in this class. 
And so I remember we all, we all were on the line, starting line, and he said, okay, go, time starts now. And so I would run. And again, being the biggest guy only means one simple thing, right? Everybody else around you is smaller. So when he said go, everybody went. And it was just me. I was like, oh, hey, all right, uh, I missed something. <laughs> and so I started running. But here's what I love. The PE teacher pulled me on the side. He said, hey, Ben, or Bruno's, what's your comment? It's like, hey, I'm going to give you some really strong words of wisdom. When you're on the straightaway, run. Run. But when you start to take the turn and you get that curve in the lap, slow down. Rest. Take some breaths in as you're taking the turn. And then when you come back onto the straightaway, run again. Do that. Don't worry about your time. Just do that. And so I did. And I remember every time I'd run past him, he'd give me the thumbs up. I'd run, turn the, hit the curve, start to walk, jog, catch my breath. By the time I come finish, he doesn't look at me. He doesn't tell me anything. So I'm thinking, oh man, I never, oh, guarantee I was the slowest one in the class. And so then he said, oh, he said, okay, so class, here's the, here's the last person who, here's the time of the last person. And I think it was like 16 minutes. And I thought to myself, oh, 16 minutes, that's pretty good, bro, four mile. So that's pretty good. <laughs> Trying to build myself up, right? And he looked at me and he said, Urbanozo, that's not you. I went, huh? So yeah. He said, but remember that the next year when you got to do them again. You run fast, as best as you can, when it's straight. But on the curve, slow down. Because it's not about how fast you run. It's the rhythm in which you run. That's why you got to develop healthy rhythms. So we got to start conditioning. We got to develop healthy, healthy rhythms. And the last thing is this. You got to focus on your race ahead. Focus on your race ahead. Years ago, we used to have this thing called Fit for Christ. It was a class that would meet on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And basically, it was where uh, they would be doing workouts in the fellowship hall. We used to lay down these carpets or these rugs. And about like 50 people, 50 people would come and take part in it. They would do Thai bowl, they'd all this other stuff. And so uh, some of you guys remember that. Yeah? You guys remember that? You don't need to be like this. <laughs> Turn! Turn! <laughs> Like line dancing almost, line dancing. But they're going out, they're going all out. They're going all out. And so I remember, and so the instructor would tell me all the time, man, you should come to our class. Man, you should come to our class. And I thought, nah, I'm good. And the reason was, like, it was mostly women. Never have really guys. So I was like, I don't, but I had like one or two guys, like a couple guys. And so uh, I remember uh, it was before we got married, Katie and I went. And so I looked for the one guy that was in the class. I was like, okay, I'm going Again, competitive, right? I can do him just as good as you. Again, though, he's not in the same shape as I am, but it's okay. And so I would, so I remember going, okay, going along, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, okay, oh, like jumping and all this and that, oh, drenched, okay. The next day was Wednesday. I see him. He goes, Hey, Ben, how you doing? Uh, 
cannot, I cannot move it. <laughs> I cannot move it. So much pain. He's like, what you mean? I was like, yeah, so what, what, I, what I never tell you was yesterday I, I saw you. I was like, ah, if you can do them, I'm going to do them even better. And so I did, and, and he's just like, and he's like, what, like, what do you mean? I was like, yeah, I get all lactic acid everywhere in my body because like, I, ah, like, like, I can't even move. I don't know how I got out of bed. And so, and so he's like, Ben, you realize I go every single week, twice a week, and I've been doing this for years. Yeah, but I, I, look, I saw you and I, I said, I can do them. And he said this, but you're not me. I wish somebody would have told me that before I did the class. Because I'm not him. And in the same way, you and I are called to run the race. But you are called to run your race. Just as much as I am called to run mine. And although our races may look the same, or not, the truth is that we all have our very own races to run, which will lead us through our own adventures and journeys. I love it because in, in John 21, Jesus is talking to Peter, and this is after Jesus uh, goes to the cross and is risen from the dead, and he's actually, in this moment, he's actually reinstating Peter because remember Peter denied Jesus, right, three times? After Jesus told him, you're going to deny me three times before the rooster crows, and the rooster crowed, and, and Peter ran away uh, in shame. And, and so here's Jesus, he's telling, he's telling Peter, Peter, go feed my sheep. And so he's like, okay, 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 Lord. Yes, you know I love you. Okay. And then what happens is you would think that Peter would just be overwhelmed in all these emotions of, okay, G- Jesus has reinstated me. He's restored me. He loves me. And then he sees John. And he looks at John and he goes to Jesus. But what about him? Can you imagine what Jesus was thinking at that moment? Brother, you didn't deny me three times. After I told you, you was going to deny me three times. I came back, boom, I, I tell you, you know what, I, I still love you, I still believe in you, go feed my sheep. But you're so, you're first, after I tell you, go feed my sheep, the first thing that you tell me is, what about him? In other words, the first thing you do is you compare yourself to John. And Jesus answers, what, do you, what about him? It doesn't matter what I say about him. What, what is it to you if I tell him he, he lives or, or dies? And it's, it's interesting because we do that. We do that. We easily compare ourselves to others. 1 Corinthians 9.24 says it like this, don't you realize that in a race everyone runs but only one person gets the prize? So run to win. Run to win. We'll never win our race if we're too busy trying to run someone else else's race in fact rather than comparing ourselves to one another we should be cheering each other on as we all run the race in life because we're not running the race against each other look to the person next to you if you're sitting next to somebody if you're online hear this too look to the other person next to you or look at somebody here no I am out though <laughs> because here's the thing that person you're looking at that's not your competition. That person you're looking at is not your competition. In fact, that person next to you is the person you're supposed to be cheering on as they cheer you on as you run this race. But there's too much of us competing against each other. Listen, we're not running the race against each other. We're running it with each other. 
And when we remain focused on each other's race, then we lose sight of the prize ahead. See, Jesus displayed, he displayed this by how he lived. He knew what his race was. He knew the race that God, his father, had called him to run. And he remained focused on doing the will of the father. I love it because when Jesus was on the scene, there was another guy on the scene named John the Baptist. And even when it came to John the Baptist, Jesus would, differenti- would differentiate the races that both of them were called to run. See, John was the one called to prepare the way. Jesus came to be the way. Can you imagine, though, if they competed? John would have no, no chance. That's Jesus. It's the Son of God. And in the same way, we're not supposed to look at each other's race and go, oh, but how come, how come that person's race is shorter than mine? Or how come there's one, no more as much hills and valleys? How come their race looks better? How come they're running in, in paradise when I say running in the snow? We gotta stop doing that. You see, wherever God has placed us, we are called to run the race. We shouldn't compare or complain about our situation or our circumstances to each other, but rather fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. And when we do, we run our race to win the prize that Jesus has for us. Philippians 3.14 says it like this, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. You know, as a kid, I remember uh, they didn't have the healthy cake or fun run when I was a kid. But they had something similar. It's called Super Kids. And my mom would take me when I was a kid, about my kids' age now, and we'd go down to where the armory is, down by the airport. And I remember there were a lot of things. There was like the 50-yard dash. There was, I think, jump rope. There was also the potato sack run. And again, when you're a big kid like I was, and I still am. You kind of go into things feeling a little defeated, especially when you're lining up with people who look in better shape than you. But here's the funny thing. I did that, so, I did that as a kid several years. And I don't remember if I ever won. If I did... I have no idea what I won. I don't have it now. I know that much. It wasn't a trophy. It wasn't a medal. What I do remember is after I ran the 50-yard dash and the potato sack race and all those activities, the one thing I do remember is this, is jumping into the car with my mom. And she would look at me and she said, great job, son. Now let's go get something to eat. See, I don't know about you, but that's the prize I'm looking forward towards. That's why when it comes to running this race, it's so important. Because at the end of it, I'm not worried about the crown. I'm not worried about a trophy. The prize that I'm looking forward to is having my Father in Heaven say, well done, 
my son. Well done, my daughter. You ran the race and you finished well. You and I are called to run a race. It's the race of our lifetime. For some of us, maybe we spent too much time on the sidelines, sitting and wallowing. It's time that we start conditioning ourselves to run this race. So cue up that music. Because maybe right now, there's a training montage that's going to take place. For some of us, maybe we've been running this race. But maybe we feel burnt out, weary, overwhelmed. Maybe we've been running this race and yet we know that we've been doing unhealthily because of our rhythms. Well, it's time to start developing healthy rhythms so that we can run this race. And lastly, maybe we've become far more focused on everybody else's race that we've taken our eyes off our own. And if that's you, get back in the lane. Get back in the lane and stay focused on Jesus because there's a race to be won. So ready, get set, let's go, amen? Would you bow your heads with me? Lord, we come before you, and Jesus, we're so grateful for who you are, for all that you've done, and for all that you're doing. Lord, you've called us to run a race. We call it life. The moment you died on the cross and three days later rose from the grave. You've given us a hope to run a race that leads to eternal life. And Lord, when we receive you as Lord and Savior, you put us on that path. You take us away from the race that led to death and you put us on the starting line of the, light, of the race that leads to life. And maybe for some of us, Lord, we've been at the starting line. But now it's time to condition ourselves to run this race. Lord, there may be some of us that maybe we've been developing unhealthy rhythms in our lives. But you're calling us to slow down, to put boundaries and to rest. to have healthy rhythms so we can run the race effectively. And more importantly, Lord, for some of us, maybe we've been focused on everybody else's race that we haven't even run ours. And if that's us, Lord, Lord, let us fix our eyes and our hearts on you. Because the race that you're calling us to run we look forward to the prize that we're going to win. So Lord, as we leave here tonight, as we start off running this race, would you remind us of one simple thing? That you're running with us. That you never leave us. You never forsake us. That you're cheering us on. So that at the end, we will all hear, well done, my good and faithful children. So Lord, we love you. We thank you. Let's go. In Jesus' name we pray. And we all said, amen. Amen. God bless you guys.
We'll see you Sunday morning at 7, 8.30 and 10 or next week's Wednesday at 6.30. Don't forget, next week, Wednesday, it is our extended night of worship and prayer. So join us for that. It's going to be awesome. God bless everybody. Take care. And let's go run that race. Aloha. Let's just...